0: Welcome to Digging In, where we provide a front row seat to politics in New Hampshire. I'm State Representative Anita Burrows. I'm here to bring you the inside track on the people and politics that are shaping our state. I'm Anita Burrows, and I'm speaking with Leonard Witt, a retired journalist and political activist who uncovered details about a Texas nonprofit that is directing New Hampshire education policy and financing the campaigns of 90 state legislators. Welcome to Digging In. Today, I'm here with Leonard Witt, who is a friend and colleague who I've worked with in Carroll County. He's a retired journalist who started his career about 50 years ago. And Len is really good at digging up things that we don't know about in the state. So we're here to talk about that today. So, Len, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Anita. It's great to be here. So, uh, I guess what we really want to talk about is it's been happening behind the scenes, but nobody knows it. This Texas. PAC that has $13 million in dark money that has, in its own words, its own words, gotten a foothold on our New Hampshire state legislature. And the truth is, they do have a foothold on it.
0: Let's take a step back. And um, this is the Young Americans for Liberty. It's a nonprofit in Texas. Tell us what their mission is. Tell, Tell us what you learned about their mission.
1: Well, their mission is they use the term liberty. But if you really examine that, it means no government. In their terms, like their vice president said recently, their idea of government is to make it minuscule. Now, you have to go back in the roots of the Young Americans for Liberty. Their icon is Ron Paul, who's been a libertarian for a really, really long time. And he wants to do away with all government. He grows out of, there's a certain group of people, including the Koch brothers, who hated what FDR did. And they have been trying all of these years to reverse all the things, public education, social security, Medicare, all of the things that, you know, have made the middle class in America, their mission is to do away with that.
0: Let me just just also interject for people who may not May not be aware of what libertarian means here in New Hampshire and its relation to the Free State Project, because I know we did an episode on this and digging in for those who, who are not familiar with um, the libertarians, as, as Len is talking about, um, really want to minimize government both at the state and at the federal level. There's also the Free State Party, which uh, started in about 2001 with the goal of having people move here from other states and take over the state government. And when I first heard that, I thought, "How absurd is this? This is never going to happen." Well, guess what? They did a pretty good job in 2020. They really swept the election. And uh, 2016, it was when um, our majority le- leader Jason Osborne, who's a free stater, took c- control, and he really has a pretty good lock over the legislature. So that's kind of where it, it is. You know, it's hard to get you know exactly how many members are um, both. You know, in terms of being both libertarian and I think the number is somewhere around 150 out of 200. Do you think that's right, Lynn? I'm
1: not sure of that number, but the number I definitely do know because they have publicized it. There are nearly 100 foothold members of the state legislature. They're all with the GOP. They're all Republicans. And not only that, they have, in their words, what they're trying to do, this vice president has talked about it all the time. With a This is their vice president speaking, not me. With a foothold of legislatures in each chamber, recorded roll call votes can be forced at any time on any issue. We are even seeing the legislatures take on leadership positions within their caucuses or committee leadership positions within each chamber.
0: Yeah, and then they've, they've done that here.
1: We can yeah.
0: identify them. Yeah. We can and, um, identify them. And, and for those of you who are not familiar with the roll call, what a roll call vote does, you vote and it's recorded which person actually takes a vote, whereas a division vote or an oral vote, you don't know who exactly voted what. And the reason in New Hampshire anyway for the roll call vote, in my opinion, is to punish the people who don't vote the way they want them to vote. And, um, they actually threaten to primary people who don't go along with the program. Um, that is how, uh, Brody Duches, who was a a very, very good Republican legislator, young legislator was forced out of office, um, and last time from Wolfboro. So, and, and as you said, um, I think that they, that there are, um, out of this group, they, they chair most of the committees, um, in the New Hampshire legislature. So they really, they really have a grip on this. They really do. They have taken this over.
1: I think the best example is the education uh, committee, because, you know, one of the things that this Y-A-L, the Young Americans for Liberty, uh, and remember the word liberty means minuscule, doing away with Mm -hmm. all government. One of the things that they, in their own press release, have said that they're going to use their $13 million to get this foothold over legislators and to help determine policy, and they're especially interested in school choice vouchers. So that's where they're really pouring their money in. And you, you mentioned like Brody Deshays getting primaried. Well, that happened because of YAL money coming in. So the, the power that they have, this is again from their own place, they have higher young people And they put in the application form, this is not a volunteer job. You're going to get paid for this. And so they hire young people who come from maybe New Hampshire, maybe from other places to knock on doors and to make phone calls. And they've been very successful at that.
0: Yeah. My understanding is that they pay $2,300 a month. They offer free lodging and free gas, um, which to people who, you know, young Republicans who want to get involved in this process, um, that's pretty enticing rather than doing it as a volunteer.
1: Exactly. And so YAL reports 26,000, I think, doors knocked, uh, 118,000 phone calls, 25 thousand pieces of mail dropped. And so they used this. They were one of the organizations that helped get Brody Deschais out and to get uh, Katie Pertinell, who's a Republican in, she represents Wakefield and Tuftonboro right now, and to get her into office and then on to the education committee. So let's I don't want to talk about that education committee. Remember, the YAL's main thirteen million dollar push in dark money is to try and push for vouchers. But you also have to kind of take this a step further. They want to undermine public education. They want to do away with public schools. They see that as the first place to get you know a wedge in the door. Then Social Security. Then Medicare, et cetera
0: then let's talk about, let's explain about, you know, you talked about um, this group wanting to undermine education and how they've really taken over our uh, New Hampshire um, Education uh, uh, Committee. And um, it started with vouchers. I mean, it did start with vouchers. Those of you who are not familiar with them, they are called Education Freedom Vouchers. I think they're changing the name from vouchers. Um, And this basically enables kids to go to private schools, religious schools, or to be homeschooled and charter schools with our school funding with taxpayer money. And the problem with it, you know, they say it's freedom for kids. Everybody learns differently. The problem is they're basically milking our public schools, that money's coming out. There's very little regulation. There's little accountability. And in other states where this has been implemented, there's actually been instances where people have taken the money and gone on vacations. I mean, this is insane. It's causing real damage to our schools. And again, there's no if if some there's there's no way to find out if people who are homeschooling are actually teaching their kids. So it's a really scary thing. And um, you know, the the, the right now the Republicans in the House are really doing their best to keep amping up the program, and they're amping up the costs, which are way above what they had predicted a few years ago.
1: And and it's with zero accountability. Yep. If you say to somebody, "You have two kids. We're going to give you more than ten thousand dollars if you homeschool." Well, if you need a new car, what the hell? Yeah, I'll keep the kids out of school till I can pay that car. I want to go on a vacation. What the hell? Or you know, in, in the worst case, I need money for my drug addiction. I'm pulling my kids out of school. Now that all sounds extreme, but any if I can think about it, any of it can happen, and it will happen. Because there's no accountability, no one is saying how is that money being spent.
0: Yeah, and it's it's there are also people who can't pay their rent. I mean, and and don't have food on the table, and that's just it's really tempting when you're in that scenario. Like I'm going to take that money um, to, to we can eat and we can live. So you can understand that part of it.
1: But the, but on the other hand of it, <laughs> that was. The wedge to get in the door. We're going to help people who don't have money to have the same opportunities as rich people have. Well, now they're giving your tax money to anybody. If you have a, if you make one hundred fifty six thousand dollars a year, and you have four kids, you get forty thousand dollars in your tax money. So now your income is up to like two hundred thousand
0: dollars. Wait, Just wait, wait! You said four four kids, well. Len. Four kids, they get like fifty five hundred yeah. per kid. That's I don't think that's forty <laughs> thousand.
1: Did I say forty? I, yeah. I meant
0: twenty thousand. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah okay. I thought uh, I thought, so, I thought like, one, the, one of uh, us one of us has a math issue. I thought it was me. Yeah. So. It, it was me. no no. It was me. It was me.
1: So so were you? So were still, you anyhow,
0: were you homeschooled, then? Is that why? No, what, I went is that to what public school. I'm joking. I'm went
1: teasing you. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> okay. would. You know, maybe my parents would have said, "Oh my god, twenty thousand bucks." Yeah. Yeah. So. But so and, and then what kind of schools can they send them to any school they want? So, you know, the people who are in tr- really pushing for the vouchers, also the same people who push for the divisive language stuff so that a public school person can't offend a kid by using any kind of language. But they're giving this five thousand dollars per kid to go to a school that can teach. You know, if you're not a Christian, you're going to hell. They can tell the kids that anyone who's not a Christian is going to hell, or they can tell anyone who's not a Muslim is, you know, an infidel or on and on. And the fact is that does happen.
0: I mean, just want to interject. I mean, we have talked about this before, but not everybody knows about what happened right here in our our county, Carroll County, which was that some of these same people who are on the education committee, I think were involved in engineering uh, the sale of a historic courthouse that was most likely worth over $250,000 according to the tax records um, with the land and everything. And it was sold for $1 to a charter school with ties to a religious school, Hillsdale Academy. Um, so this is all tying together. Again, I, I think Glenn Cordelli, Representative Cordelli, was very much involved in this, um, who's probably... Uh, is is the de facto leader of the New Hampshire Education Committee. So, Len, why don't you talk a little bit about how do you think that this connection with the Americans for Liberty, how how has that been impacting um, this House and the things coming out of the Education Committee?
1: Okay. So once you look at what Young Americans for Liberty are about and why they're spending their $13 million with a big chunk of it here, is, again, to you know, the real reason to undermine schools. So they then pay for Cordelli, Pertnell, and Mike Belcher. All three people are from Carroll County here. So the three of them, right, get comped, get money, get junket money to come down to Orlando to the conference. And five total, five people are also got comped on the education committee. That's out of the ten Republicans. So half of them went down to this thing, and one of them said in her, you know, state form that she has to fill out when she gets free money like this, is
0: that the reason she was going there. One of the reasons was to learn tactics. And this, let's 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 clarify. this is a conference for the Young Americans for Liberty. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah.
1: So this is a, that that's tied in, and then in addition to that, all the door knockers and all. So they have real incentive to follow. And so the message that we're hearing, Cordelli will always tell you, hey, I'm out there, you know, fighting for parents and what parents want. But the truth is, he is mimicking and using the language and the philosophy and the tactics that are coming to him from a Texas-based organization. So in many ways, what's happening in New Hampshire is not something taxpayers want, not something families want. Not something parents want, not something educators want. It's what this radical right pack that wants to do away with all government wants out of Texas. And the ties are so strong that every time you turn a page, you find another tie. And I give you the biggest tie that I just learned about yesterday. So this senator from uh, state senator from Maine, I think his name is Barkey, uh, was recently hired Right. By the free staters mm-hmm. to come and be their executive director in New Hampshire. Well, guess what? This senator spent time as an employee for the young Americans for Liberty. He used to work for them. I did not know about that tie. And every time you turn another page, you'll find another deeper connection. So what's happening now is they're, you know, and I'm not sure who pays him. I'd like to find that out, but I'm sure, you know, I mean, it's a good choice. A chance it's coming out of Texas. We don't know. So now the leadership is going to also be funneling in all of this information that's coming from Texas. They've got a foothold on us and they have, in fact, taken over the government. And this isn't yeah. like some conspiracy theory. This is what they're writing on their own publications.
0: Yeah, I also want to talk about what happened in the house this past week. Um there were three voucher bills. Thankfully, uh two of them failed, but the one that failed, they had a they had a bill to try to uh take off the, the cap on income so wealthy people, wealthy people could get this money, which is totally insane because this, you know, and 75% of the kids were already in private schools. So now we're funding them, but but I guess the point is that that bill failed. And one of the reasons it failed is that even Texas, that they had a similar bill in Texas, even they thought it was too radical. They thought it was too much. But we had it before our house, and and I, you know, thankfully there were there were a few people who who came over um to the light and voted against it. But I mean, this is just it, it's really mind boggling. We even said it before.
1: They're going to have all these roll call votes, and they're going to force all these roll call votes. So what they do is they flood the zone with tons of bills. And everyone's running around with mallets trying to whack a mole kind of yeah. thing, you know. And then the one that gets passed is like, oh, thank God, we didn't we didn't pass the worst one, we passed the second worst <laughs> one, which is 10 times worse than what we had before. So my recommendation for people who don't want this is stop concentrating on every tiny bill that they're gonna come out there and concentrate on the fact that this All of this policy is coming out of Texas. Let's cut that off. And if we can cut that off somehow, then we can win and we can preserve our public schools. Remember, 165,000 students in this state go to public schools. The number in the private schools is something, I don't know, maybe 29,000. I don't know the number. I think it's like
0: 21,000, something like that.
1: Yeah. So it's much, much smaller than the number that go to public schools. And every year, the Gallup does a poll of, are you satisfied with your kids in public schools here and around the country? And the answer every year for like 20 years has been about 80% of them say, yes, they're satisfied. And so you have a majority of parents who have kids in the schools who are directly affected by the schools saying they like the schools. And then you have
0: a, a majority of people who don't have kids in school saying the schools aren't working. So, Len, one of the problems here is that we have an election coming up in 2024, so any candidate that might run against these folks or are being backed by the Young Americans for Liberty, they're at a disadvantage, and there's nothing illegal about what they're doing. So people like Glenn Cordelli, Katie Petternell, they don't have to raise money. They don't have to pay for their mailers. They don't have to pay for canvassers or people who do phone calls, because that's being taken care of for them. I think there's 90 candidates in New Hampshire being supported by the young Americans for Liberty um I I know I, I'm not gonna name him because he's a I actually think he's a nice guy um I don't want to throw him under the bus but there's one person that I know of um, in Carroll County uh, my understanding was he didn't knock on one door and he was able to win so you know how do you compete how do you compete with that one how how do you how do you win these seats well
1: it's it's a good question so over in Belknap County um Two years ago, they had radicals who were probably would have been on this, you know, uh, support system. And the Belknap County decided that they've had enough because these people were trying to, you know, they don't want government to own anything. In Belknap County, they wanted to get rid of gun stock and they wanted to turn it over to private equity. Uh, Some probably private equity company would take it over or somebody. And. The citizens rebelled. They formed a group of people, Democrats, Republicans, independents, who decided that they were going to call out the most radical members of their state legislature in their county and work in any way they could across political lines to unseat them. And by God, they succeeded. They got rid of this guy, Mike. Mike Sylvia. Mike Sylvia. Yeah, they, these are people who want to secede from the nation. And I think a lot of on our side actually want to secede from the nation too, but they're too afraid to say it because the very idea of the free state, that was a cornerstone of it in the beginning, but it got bad press. So they kind of covered it up for a yeah. while.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I suggested if people are interested in seeing what these folks from Belknap County said, and just to clarify, it was Belknap County. Uh, we might have said Carroll County in the beginning there. Um, They're, they're a website, org. They did a fabulous job. One of the things they did was a voter's guide, which was nonpartisan. And they said, you know, these are the folks we think, are moderates. These are the people who are extremists. Please vote for moderates. We don't care whether they're Dems, Republicans, or Independents. Vote for the moderates. And it was highly successful. And I am saying that there is a group that is forming in Carroll County um, to do something comparable. And I personally think that this is the way that we can help um, get some of the extremists out who are or just being who are out financing us and have these big bucks that they're able to put to put to get them elected. I think this is the only way we're going to win in in those districts.
1: So right now the state house is a uh, 200 Republicans, I think 195 Democrats, and a spattering of independents and unfilled seats. If we across the state can flip four three or four seats then suddenly we we have the majority in the house and all of this crap that's going on can get stopped. And in addition to that we should mention the what's really enabling these far right people are Jeb Bradley in the Senate, you know, if they pass something he could stop it. He doesn't. He lets it get through. And then uh, Governor Chris Sununu. Governor Chris Sununu's family has had long ties to this Joshua Bartlett Foundation, which is a libertarian foundation in the same school that the YAL is coming. So we have a great chance to elect either uh, Joyce Craig or Cindy Warmington to be the governor. And then if you have the House, the Senate's going to be harder, frankly. But if you have the House or the governorship or both, uh, you have you a firewall. Can, you have a firewall, and yeah. now you don't. I mean, this—you know—this voucher thing that was just passed. Now, normally, a bill like that, because it's your money that's getting spent, goes to a financial committee yeah. that
0: reviews yeah. it and tells you how much it's actually going to mm-hmm. cost you. What did they do with that, Anina? They waived it. They said no. We don't want it to go to finance because then people will figure out. What's going on and how much it's gonna spend, which is just totally outrageous. Think about that. They're saying we don't we don't want the finance committee, which is responsible for managing our, our state government, to look to see how much how much over budget this project is. And um, I'm just gonna go off on a tangent for a second, which is related. One of the things that really ticks me off because we are so close in number, is that um we have three independents and you know, bless them. They they chose to leave the Dem party and become independents. That's their choice. But, uh, one of them, one of them last week came to vote for one bill. They asked him why he was there for only one bill. He said, that's the only one I care about. And I thought the citizens of your district put you in office to represent them, not for one vote, but for all of them. We had another one sitting in the hall because she only wanted to come in for the vote she wanted. And I had another person, uh, a Democrat on my committee, just doesn't show up, um, which just infuriates me. If you don't, I, I, I don't want to use a, a foul language word, but it's really hard for me not to. If you really don't give a crap, don't run for office. You know, and and I mean, all of us, I mean, all of us have to, I mean, occasionally miss a day, a, a miss, miss a, an hour or a session. But to just not show up and to not give a damn um, just really makes me crazy.
1: Right. And and the vote for this hundred and fifty six thousand dollar new cutoff point was what? I think it was, it was one, one, vote. one vote. It was, it was one, one vote. vote.
0: Yeah, yeah. These are bills that really impact people's lives. Right. But and they really and, do. In addition, yeah, in addition to that,
1: like people do have
0: excused
1: uh, absences as well as these unexcused absences that you're talking about. And so it's that's why it's vitally important that we get more Democrats in there. So that the one day that somebody falls down a stair or somebody can't get into the the house, there's somebody else, there's enough buffer on votes in there so that we don't lose by one vote.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would say though, Lynn, not just Democrats. I think we need moderate Republicans who are able to stand up to the leadership and saying, no. Some things are worth losing an election for. I can't vote for this. I, it's wrong. This is not something I can vote for. You want to push me out. You want to wage a campaign against me in the next election. Go for it. But this is not right. And we need more people to do that on both sides of the aisle. But frankly, the the, uh, the Republicans are more likely to punish than we are. we are. We are told by the Democratic leadership to vote our conscience. Right. So, you know, how likely, it's incredible
1: for me, is someone who's a Republican to lose his seat in a state that's like crazed over taxed money if he or she votes to let's make sure this goes to a committee and the, it's vetted by a budget committee before we you know, get it passed. How I mean, how could that person possibly lose unless the whole Republican Party has collectively lost their mind, which they haven't? There's well, there, the there. I the mean, I,
0: I've, I've yeah. learned that um, Jason Osborne will often tell his caucus, if you can't vote for us, if you can't vote with us on this bill, take a walk down to the cafeteria and just skip the vote. And, and these these people do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, if my leadership, which has never ever done that, said Anita, you take a walk because we need your vote this way. There is no way. There is no way I would do it. And again, but I'm so thankful they would never ask me to do that. Glenn, let's just, you know, two other things I, I want to talk about before we end here. One of them is making a pitch to people to run for office. It's really hard to, to recruit people for for to the House, particularly in areas like where I live in Bartlett. It's two hours from the State House. I understand that. But we really need people to step up to the plate, be it at the state house, at the local level. We need people to run for selectmen, the planning board, the library committee, zoning commissions. We need people to do that. That has always been the place where people kind of... They become acquainted with the world of politics at the local level, but we really need people to step up. And and now more than ever, we also are seeing young people in the state house. There's a guy in back of me, great guy, Camp Kenny. um, He's now in law school. He was able to come to the state house because he worked at Olive Garden for years. Um, So a lot of people are doing that. They're in real estate. So I guess I'm making a plea. If you want to make a change, you know, start locally or start at the Statehouse. I did with zero experience. I still just figured out where the cafeteria is, but um, most of us have started out with little experience. And the other thing I'd like to say is, you know, consider if you're in Carroll County or you're in Belknap, consider joining our bipartisan group. We're gonna to work together to ensure that we have people who aren't gonna destroy our education system, healthcare or all the other things that we rely on here.
1: Right, you know, we, we're, we need help on recruiting candidates. Everyone does because you get, you know, it's not the highest paid job in the world, $100 a year.
0: And, and it's taxed. And it's taxed. And you have to pay your own badge. For, <laughs> if you want a nice badge, you have to pay for it yourself.
1: <laughs> have a couple, then have
0: go adopt a
1: couple kids and then uh, get vouchers for them. <laughs> there you go. Don't, don't, don't even joke about that. No, no, no. We don't want that. Right. So, but, you know, communications, help with communications. Help with visibility, holding signs, that kind of stuff. And remember, they're $13 million underwrote 22,000 door knocks in the state. We need people to volunteer to Canvas. And one other thing I want to say, because people will say, oh, there's always PACs. What about on your side, the National Education Association? Well, the National Education Association, of course, they're going to put money in. They're stakeholders. They have teachers in the school who are doing their best to to help your kids. Of course, they're going to have, you know. And then on a national level, you know, there's people who come in and help try and get Biden elected and our state senators and our House people. That is qualitatively different from a group of people who want to do away with government as we know it and have no stake They don't care if if, you know, they pass a a law that costs you another thousand dollars a year in taxes or whatever it is. They don't care. They don't have any skin in the game except to try and push this radical right philosophy. And we have to remember that. And the only way to undermine that is through people power, grassroots organizing and getting the word out and letting everyone know that New Hampshire is not going to be ruled by a little cabal of people with a lot of money in Texas. That's the message we have to say over and over and over again.
0: Jet Len, I think I, I couldn't say, to, say it any better. And again, just in, in terms of volunteering, we, we've touched on this, but you know, I think people, when they think of volunteering, they're like, I don't want a fundraiser. I'm not comfortable canvassing. There's lots of things you can do. There's lots of things that you can do that, that don't involve those two things. And you know what? We even uh, have persuaded uh, people who said they would never canvass in their life to go and they actually enjoyed it once they got going we do it in teams so nobody's alone um i went out with a uh, rep david page and gorm to to uh canvass for for edith tucker um when it was i think it was 11 degrees and i have to tell you we actually had fun doing it so on a really cold day so anyway check out things ways that you can get involved and 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 make as uh, len said you know we got to stop this and the only way we're going to stop is is to get these people out of office and get and get sane, moderate people in,
1: right? And not a group of people. So a guy from Maine is going to come over, you know, to run the uh, the uh, free staters. He's somebody from Maine is going to tell us how to run our state. Somebody from Texas is telling us how to run our state. Somebody from Ohio, Osborne, who moved here purposely to tell us how to run our state. This is our state, for God's sakes. Let's not give it away to a bunch of radicals who have this idea of no Social Security, no public schools, no Medicare, et cetera.
0: Well, you you said it very well, um, Len. So I'm going to say thank you so much for joining me here today on Digging In. Um, I I hope some of you, we've persuaded some folks to get involved in some way, either running for office or just helping us here. Um, Feel free to contact me. Um, You can reach me, Anita. D is in dog, B-U-R-R at gmail.com. You can send it to my personal email. So so again, thanks so much, Lynn.
1: Well, thank you, Anita, for all of the great legislative work you do, all of the helping with organizing you do. You are truly amazing.
0: Oh, thank and you, Len. If we could
1: have, you know, 400 people in the legislature <laughs> like you New Hampshire would be excel in every possible way. Oh,
0: thank you. That's really nice. I really appreciate that. Don't make me cry. So, um, all right. So, again, true, okay. Len. thank you, Lynn. This week's New Hampshire Political Putts of the Week award goes to New Hampshire House Finance Chair Kenneth Weiler with a supporting role played by the House Republicans. This past week, the House passed a bill which raises the income of a family of four from $110,000 to $156,000 to qualify for the Education Freedom Account vouchers. Now, the Freedom Account vouchers were originally marketed as benefiting students who are struggling in public school. But the truth is that 75% of the students who are using these vouchers were already in private schools, were homeschooled, or were previously too young to be in school. Now, thankfully, a bill which would have completely eliminated the income cap for school vouchers was defeated in the House. If this bill had passed, it is estimated that the state would be paying $100 million per year for the program, or $1 billion over 10 years. The argument that the school voucher program saves the state money is bunk. The Republicans recently touted net savings of 156000 by students taking advantage of the voucher program and leaving the public school system. But the truth is that most of these students had never attended public schools. Therefore, the claim of the Freedom Accounts saving money is false. I should acknowledge that there is a small possibility that the folks who calculated these savings did not go to public school, and hence their mask skills may be a little bit shaky. Now back to House Finance Chair Ken Wyler. You may remember our friend Ken from back during the COVID crisis when he asserted that top Catholic church leaders were worshiping Satan. But here he is today in charge of the House Finance Committee. How great is that? Wyler came up with the brainy idea for the bill expanding the financial eligibilities of families for the voucher program to skip Finance Committee review. This would mean that there would be no open discussion or debate about the financial implications of the bill. The public would never get to hear about the fact that the Freedom Account Program has wildly exceeded its anticipated cost and that the expenditures are out of control. This is actually a brilliant strategy, and I recommend Chairman Whaler for this unorthodox move. As a result, I am proud to announce that Ken Lottweiler, along with his fellow Republicans on the House Finance Committee, are the recipients of this week's New Hampshire Putts of the Week Award. We wish him well as he continues his efforts to hide the financial damage that's being caused by the Education Freedom Account Program. Thank you for listening to Digging In. I wanna thank Leonard Witt for taking the time to speak with me today about Texas's influence on New Hampshire public education. For my next episode, I'll be speaking with State Representative Karen Ebel, who will discuss her fight to limit toxic chemicals in consumer products and in our wastewater. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Digging In wherever you get your podcasts. I would also appreciate your spending the word about this podcast to your friends and on social media.